What's up, guys? We got Nick Gollitz today from BC, Canada, and he has a real relatable story. So he talks a little bit about his backstory. We talk about him coming into a market where there's well-established inspectors that everyone knows. Um, and he also talks about being in a market where they're used to low prices for inspection. So I know a lot of you can relate to that. So he talks about how he navigates that. Um, we talk about marketing, um, how he's thinking about accessing buyers, not only buyers in his area, but people that are not currently moving. So he's looking at ways to work in his area for people that have been in their homes with maintenance inspection. So make sure to listen to that part because I think it's a very important discussion and topic. And um, I, I personally believe there's ways our industry can still crack that. Um, I think it's a matter of positioning and marketing and telling the right story and then truly adding the value for people that are um, going to be in their homes for the foreseeable future. So great wide ranging conversation. Um, hope you enjoy it. And thanks as always for listening. Yeah, well, let's just roll into you know some of the topics we had down, man. So again, thank you for for joining. Um, let's let people know who you are, kind of like why and and what got you into this wonderful business of home inspecting. All right, yeah. So uh, I've been basically I've been plumbing for well, God, over fifteen years now, and uh, I ended up with some work injuries that uh, caused me to uh, take a step back for a few years from the industry. And I ended up working at a, a wholesale company in my uh, in the town I'm in, um, plumbing wholesale. And I was I think I was there for two two and a half years, and kind of started looking at going, what am I doing here? Because it's it was kind of like you know, capped out like this is going to be it for the next fifteen to thirty years kind of thing. Like this is going to be boring if this is as far as it's going to go. <laughs> And uh, I had a friend that was working there and he had a home inspection done when they moved and he was, wasn't too impressed by it. And, you know, with my background, I say, he's like, you would be awesome at that. So I know it kind of got the world, wheels turning on that. And I'm like, you know what, let's take a look at that see if that would be something I'd be interested in. And yeah, I got looking into it. And at the time there was only a handful of inspectors and it, diving into what they've been doing and like they, they were reaching an age where you know these guys are going to be retiring soon so this could be a, a great market to get into and uh time-wise it was good because it took me about three years to do the whole whole process to get approved and 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 uh and legalized for for home inspecting in, in canada here um so by the time I was done that, yeah, a couple of the guys are retired. So the markets, it's good. Like it's still slow because there's a few guys that are still, that the realtors still like using. So it's, you know, you're trying to tap into a market that, you know, everybody's got the guy that they want to be using and, and trying to get into that, which is difficult for sure. But I, I make, I feel like I'm making some headway. Yeah. So you talk about the education process. So you're in, in, in BC, up in Canada, three years. Yeah. Is that standard for how long it takes? Or did you part-time kind of work <laughs> and kind of like ease your was, way into I kind of, well, when I started, so the process is nine months online schooling after okay. hours. So uh, it was three days a week. Uh, and the it was basically like, you know, you join in on a podcast or like a, a Zoom meeting, you mm -hmm. go through the material three days a week. Um, and that was on Vancouver time. So they're an hour behind us. So I would start at nine, my time, and I'd probably finish up around midnight. Ooh. And um, so yeah, doing that with a full time job and, and two, two younger children at home, and the wife that works full time. <laughs> it was it was tricky. So <laughs> it, so that was a nine month course. And 
to continue on with that, you have to take uh, an association's exams as well. Mm-hmm. But because of the workload and everything else and the late nights, I opted to just do that after I was done my schooling. So it was another year of cramming, doing their exams, passing their exams. And then once I was done doing the exams, um, they wanted a hundred hours of field training, which unfortunately 80% of it, I had to do six hours away in Kelowna. So a lot of driving, um, you know, I got as much done as I could in town, but I got like two and a half years into it going, am I like, is this how long it's supposed to take? And, you know, I, I go back online and look it up like, yeah, if you're, if you're rural, um, it can take up to about three years. If, if you don't have the, if you can't just, if you have a, don't have a full-time job kind of thing, like if you were, if you could dedicate hundred percent of your time to that, sure. You could probably get it done in two, two years, but if, if not a little quicker, but. Wow. Because of all the ride-alongs and kind of on the job training that you have to do. Yeah. And then like the hard part too, is like, if, if the trainer is out of Kelowna, you know, they aren't getting the kind of inspections that are allowing a group of say six to eight guys to go in there, you know, you could be waiting a month and then of course classes fill up quick. So if you don't hop on it right away and get on that email, as soon as it comes out, you know, you're waiting. Sure. Can I, I want to go back to studying full-time job, kids, wife, because sometimes we get inspectors that are thinking about getting into the business, listen to this pod. And it, it really helps them, I think, understand the sacrifice it takes. And kind of like, if you could even just talk through kind of the ups and downs of that period, because boy, after a day's, you know, a long day's work. Well, yeah. Um, I'd say the hardest part was just trying to stay focused on, on the books after working 10 hours a day. Cause I, I eventually, cause I eventually went back to plumbing because it was easier. And I went back to plumbing with uh, my old journeyman. He started up a company a few years ago. You know, it was, a, it, I put that on the table. I said, Hey, this is my goal. You know, I'm working up to this. Um, and eventually I'm going to be doing part-time with you, part-time with this, but he was so flexible with me. You know, I'd have to take a day off or an exam or something like that, but you know, uh, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day in the trade. So you're out in the elements and then you come home and you're trying to stay focused. <laughs> it was tough. And then I, you know, my wife, on, she was amazing with this whole process because you know, that two, three years, she kind of did the brunt of doing everything around the house, which was fantastic because I had no time or energy to do anything. But I think the, uh, the silver lining, not that COVID is a silver lining, but it kind of, it took away a lot of the, the social aspect of me saying, sorry, I can't do something tonight kind of thing. Or, you know, at every weekend I'd be just staring at the computer trying to, you know, cram for, for the next day. So yeah, it was tricky to try to juggle all that. Is there, any, uh, is there any advice you give? Cause a lot of inspectors, yeah, I think that want to get in the business, you know, have a full-time job or a part-time job. Is there anything you learned from that phase that you would pass along to anyone uh, thinking about getting in the business? Um, I think to be honest, like for me, it was just getting in that mindset when you got home, just to get it done. Um, I actually started uh, copying, pasting all the, the text onto an audio format so I could listen to at work, which kind of helped a bit. Ooh. So, you know, I, with most times I'm just kind of working by myself and just kind of hammering away at, at on the job site. So I just put that on my, 
iPhone and, and I would listen to a full, you know, chapter after chapter every day and kind of just like having to kind of sink in and then come home and then, and then go over the text. So it kind of, that helped a lot. Man, that's like going to school full time. That's, that, that, that's <laughs> was, tough. I know. And I, I listened to some of the podcasts and, and, and depending on where you are and what state you're in, I was like, Oh my God, that would be so much easier. Here's some of these guys like, oh, I did a two month course. And, and then I started going, I was like, Oh God, I wish. <laughs> yeah. I guess on the other hand, less competition, maybe if it's that hard to get in the business um, going forward. So we'll see. Um, okay. Yeah. So you go through the schooling and what is that first kind of like couple weeks like when you launched the business, started getting things up and running. What was that like? Um, yeah, to be honest, like getting it going after I've got all my approval was a little frustrating. Just dealing with all the government stuff. Uh, I don't know what it's like with you guys and stuff like that, but like it was, you know, you're trying to get all your government paperwork in order and no one could help you out. And it's super frustrating. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you with that. You're going to have to fill it out again, send it in, you know, and it took a long time to get all the government stuff done and of course you know how it is is like you know it's not my job not my problem <laughs> and I, you know it's not my no, it's not my normal day-to-day -day thing to go through all that kind of paperwork so it was super frustrating but once i got that done um i was uh door-to-door -door just knocking on realtors you know going into the realtors offices and handing in cards introducing myself which i extremely comfortable with i i enjoy that a lot um sitting down and talking to people about what i do and what i offer i comes from somewhat fairly natural to me um so that wasn't hard i think the hardest part was just kind of waiting for that first phone call and uh i think it was about a couple weeks in i had four jobs in one week and then nothing for about a month and i was like what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so so it is tricky, um, but I think that's the climate we're in too right now is just around here is, you know, houses are moving, but not like it was, not like it was three years ago when it was just going nuts over COVID and everybody was jumping ship to go to a smaller town kind of thing. So you're seeing a little, little choppier of a market, a um, little more inconsistency with the volume. Yeah. And I think people are getting a little nervous with all the interest hikes and stuff like that. So there's a lot of... You know, they're just, and fair enough for people in a certain tax bracket, there's these out like in BC, especially like it's overpriced. It's nuts. It's the, the, what people are asking for a house is for what the house is actually probably in my opinion worth is, it's just insane. So I don't blame people for, for not, well, you, most people can't even afford to move. Yeah. What's the median like home price in kind of that region or area just for context? Um, uh, I'd say like a 2000 square foot 1980s are going from anywhere from five to seven. Okay. thousand dollars. That's probably double what it was three, four or five yeah. years ago, I imagine, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, it's been, it's been challenging. Like I, and I have weeks where, you know, I, I'm booked up and then I'm, you know, I've got two weeks where nothing happens kind of thing. So then I do spend a day or two here and there just knocking on doors and saying hi. Just introducing yourself to people. I think that's great. That's true boots on the ground. Is Was that some of what you thought you had to do 
being in a market, like you said, with well-established inspectors that have been around for, you know, five, 10, 20 years, how did you approach being in a market where there was the old timers that they were the guy for the agency? Um, the way I went about it was, uh, ask, cause I know these realtors have weekly or monthly meetings and just ask to join in on a meeting and, and do a little presentation for them. And I've done a few now. And every time I've asked to do that, uh, the agents are pretty much floored that somebody wants to come in, sit down and talk to them. Really? Where they, there's been a few offices where like nobody's ever done this. So I think that's fantastic. And I'll, usually I get a 30 minute timeline and I'm, I'm going about 45 minutes close to an hour. So they're usually kicking me out. To the... <laughs> yeah. What are you presenting on? Like what's the nature of the material? Uh, mostly just talking about myself, my background, um, you know, being, uh, having a trades background, um, definitely like to sell on my, uh, customer relationships that I like to build. Um, like, uh, that being said, like, so a lot of people are moving out of town. I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of inspections where the client actually can't be there because they're, you know, away and um coming back to do a walkthrough with them because you know you're trusting somebody you're six hours away and you're trusting somebody to give you a, a pretty good walk walkthrough of a house but you're not able to be there and it's uh it, for me it's hard to not be able to do that for somebody because you got all these pictures and I say for the most people, they, you know, they see a picture, but they can't put a, a location on it in the house or something like say your main water shot off. Well, it's right there. Like it's hard to gauge that from a picture. And I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable not being able to do a proper walkthrough with someone, even if it is a month later and they've already been moved in. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you did door to door, you did agent presentations that kind of got you up and running with some momentum. Um, what were those like first 10 to 20 inspections like in terms of your mentality, what the goal was, how those agents responded? Because I think that first 10 makes or breaks a lot of inspectors, right? Because then the show is, yeah. Hey, are you going to get repeat business or you're going to have to yeah. always be out there selling? Uh, I like to probably go off my very first inspection. Um, and I didn't even tell the realtor it was my very first one. Like she knew I was new and, uh, <laughs> I, I got it done and we finished up with a client and it was a hundred year old home and it had everything under the sun that you could imagine. So hundred year um, old for your first inspection, Un yeah. unreal, unreal. <laughs> and I'm trying to present all the, all the, the, the major items without being an alarmist. And I, and I, I felt like I did a pretty good job and, and the client ended up buying the home, but, I was talking to the realtor later that uh, that evening because I called her. I said, hey, how, how did you think? And Because she was there when I was doing my presentation and everything. And uh, I told her it was, that, was like, that was my first house. She's like, oh, well, congratulations because I thought you'd have been doing it for 10 years just, wow. just by how you presented it to my client and, and how well you, you, know, you walked them off a ledge kind of thing because they were like, panicking over a bunch of things they'd already found. And I said, you know, there's nothing that can't be fixed. It just all depends on what you want to live with and how much you want to, you know, pay kind of thing. So, you know, she, yeah, it was, she was floored that that was my very first one, just how I handled myself with a client. 
That's great. That's amazing. Um, that's like the highest compliment you could get. Was that like learned behavior, part of it natural in terms of like common sense of how to walk someone through a report? Like how, how intentional were uh, you with your approach? I think it's a little bit of learned and something that I've, I know it's a family thing because my dad's kind of the same way with, you know, dealing with people and talking to people and kind of being that salesman kind of thing. But uh, a lot of it where I think I've learned most of it was uh, service plumbing. So, you know, with service plumbing, when somebody calls you, they're not calling you on their best day. It's their worst day because they're calling you and there's something, there's an issue that needs to be fixed. So, you know, navigating uh, a lot of, negative emotions over the years when you show up to somebody's house has definitely helped a lot um where i find with the home inspecting it is way easier because you know these people aren't calling you because they have a problem they're calling you because they they got they want to know what's going on i find it's a lot easier to navigate that than it is when you're dealing with somebody with a huge issue and a, a leak in their house somewhere that's a great way of putting it. Uh, you've been through worse. Um, just like someone on our customer service team um, had worked in escalated customer service for Southwest Airlines when people would miss their flights or like not get refunds. And she's like, oh yeah, home inspectors are easy compared to that. And so it's yeah. all what you're used to, right? It's like all expectations. Yeah. 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 And then you know, on top of the, the service work too, is like, you know, you're, you're trying to give them a fix, but they, you know, then they're, you know, they're tied on cash or this or that. So you're trying to navigate that too, or this is, this is a, a pretty simple transaction that way. Yeah. yeah. Let's jump into pricing for a minute because this is going to be very relatable to a lot of listeners out there. Cause we, I hear basically on half of these podcast inspectors are like, Hey, my market expects inspections to be super cheap. There's like a very low kind of floor when it comes to what consumers expect for a home inspection. So talk to me a little about how you approached that getting into the business, thinking of pricing um, and, and kind of how, where, where it's been in your market. Well, yeah, that, and that's been a a bit of a difficult situation for me to kind of mentally get over is that this, yeah, the people expect nothing for, for, for something. And where the market has been with the home inspections in the last, say, even 10 years hasn't really changed price-wise. So I think, you know, $450 to $500 is kind of where it's been for the last five to 10 years, which is, in my opinion, nuts. Right. Um, my price, I just because I am starting out, I'm doing $550 for an inspection. So I'm definitely probably one of the more expensive guys in my area. But um, where I approach that is value added to my inspection. So what am I going to do better that these other guys aren't, which is customer service? Um, I don't think anybody else is using Spectora, which in my opinion, I think that just blows my mind too. Nice. <laughs> so <I laughs> That's went, a good advantage. I went, I went through a few different programs and as soon as I seen this one, I don't think there was a hesitation to not use Spectora. So um, that helps a lot. Um, just how smooth the program runs when you're, you know, dealing with billing and invoicing and, 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 like customer feedback is great. Um, so yeah, I, I really approach my value added to where the other guys aren't. So bedside matter, being able to give you um, 
contract referrals, which is fantastic with with that with that Spectora, where that, that hasn't been out that long, has it? No, still technically in beta, but there are inspectors using recommended contractors um, in a very clever way, and I think they're doing yeah. research and then exposing their home buyers to um, trusted contractors while disclaiming themselves. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, some are charging for it. Some are charging a nice amount for it because it is a value add at the end of the day. Is that yeah. how you view it? I haven't charged them for, for that. I have had a couple conversations cause it is like, I being in the trades in this area, I know the majority of who I've got on my list and I have had a couple conversations. Hey, if I get work kind of thing, you know, I'll give you a, and I'm like, you know, if you want to, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be fantastic yeah. if, you, if you if you gave me a bonus here and there. But it's to me, it's servicing my customer is what more I am interested in, and in, in not so much getting money back from uh, uh, a client that has used one of my recommendations. It's not really what I'm going for. It's just more of a value added and something that I can help out my customer. Because, like I said, a lot of people are moving from out of town. They don't know who to trust. Um. And that's who I'm putting on my list is people that can show up to a house and be professional and, and, and do a good job. I think that's 100% another element that can be in the, the stew of a five, six, $700 inspection is like a value add like that. Cause I think I love the value stacking and inspectors being able to say, Hey, for five or 600 bucks, look at everything you're getting that I offer. Um, and it, yeah. and it justifies a higher price tag. So I, I like how you yeah. think about that. When I've added on water treatment too to mine because I'm a, a certified water specialist as well. So especially in where we're going more hydronic heating in this area, um, if you got a boiler in your house and it's not treated water or on a dedicated water system, you know that's a potentially a ten thousand dollars system that you know you're just letting raw water go through. So I add that you know even just protecting basic plumbing fixtures in your house is fantastic value added and i don't charge for the the water analysis but if you if the client wanted me to come back after and put in a treatment system i'm more than willing to do that for him oh that's a good so this is really clever of you because your background in plumbing obviously i'm guessing that's how you knew the water treatment would be a big part of your home inspection business right yeah what yeah and i and I'm, 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 what i'm getting at there is like you knew like you have your background, obviously, but then you knew you, you just rattled off something about your market and what's specific to your market and what those needs are. And I think every new inspector should be thinking in that way, whether it's mold or radon or water treatment, air quality, um, these couple add-ons that what, what percent would you say use your water treatment services? Uh, right now, uh, probably only about 5%. Okay. Uh, it's still one of those things that people are like, aren't quite on board with unless they absolutely want it kind of thing. So that's why I don't really, I don't offer, I don't charge for the, the treatment analysis or anything like that. But, um, you know, if that's something that comes knocking on the door down the road, that turns into something that'd be fantastic. You generally, are you generally taking the approach of keep adding um, add-ons as a part of your core package and then the price can go up and people can use them within that or are you going to have them like separate add-ons where your base price maybe stays where it is and then they can add on these things in the future for a higher cost yeah yeah i think i'd, I'd stay at my base price um and then if the client is interested in any add-ons then yeah for sure um like a wet inspection is 
for sure an add-on for me. Um, what is that? So, Just for those that don't, that, that aren't uh, familiar with the, a wet inspection is for wood burning appliances. So fireplaces, stoves, anything that's using wood, um, requires a wet inspection for insurance purposes prior to sale of the home. Um, so, uh, there's quite a few fireplaces and wood burning equipment in my area. Um, so I charge $350 for that. So that's a, another add on to the inspection if, if required. Beautiful. Are you going to, are you, are you looking at other types of services? Like I'm not familiar with your area. Are there other types of add-ons that'll, that you're seeing in your future here that to offer? Um, at the moment, no. Um, it's, you know, with the association rules that, uh, it's, it's kind of a tricky thing to navigate because there are a lot of conflict interest rules. So, you know, I have to be cognizant of that to make sure that I'm not going to be, um, putting myself in a situation where the association is not happening with me by adding on too many different things that it becomes a conflict of interest. What do you mean? Like what, how can, how could radon or mold or, you know, air quality be a conflict of interest? So the way it's kind of, they approach that is that, you know, I could say, oh, you have a mold or an air quality problem. You're going to have to get me to come back and do additional work plus fee kind of thing. So say I still had a plumbing company and I'm like, well, this, this, and this are are wrong. We're going to need to fix that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. You know, if you go through the sale of the home, I can fix that for you at a prorated rate kind of thing. So they're just worried about home inspectors kind of taking advantage of that. This is what kills me about so many associations and states across the country is that like, what do car mechanics do? Like, what do doctors do? They tell you what's wrong and then they fix it for you. Like, it it just like kills me how home inspectors are held to like different standards when it comes to this. Maybe there's differences I'm not thinking of, but I'm always like, where else does that happen? Lots of other places, but. Well, and it it comes up in conversation with clients all the time because either a realtor will tell them that I'm a you know, I'm a, a journeyman plumber. So I'm like, Oh, so you can come back and fix stuff. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And to a consumer, you and I have probably both been in these shoes, right? We're like, there's times where you genuinely don't care if there's a conflict of interest. You're like, you seem competent, you know, what's wrong. Yeah. You're going to be my easy button to fix it. That's yeah. all I believe. Most and I've, and I've already got your number kind of thing. So yeah. 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 But then there's uh, whether you call it organizations or associations that are so worried about the perception of this, that it like literally stops adding value for the customer. That's where it gets me is when it like makes a customer do more work. Yeah. When you're just, yeah, like and that's, that's where I really like the, uh, the cost uh, contract referrals as I'm trying my best to, to help them out without having them to do more work because buying a house is stressful. And the last thing you want to do is have to go hunt for somebody that you don't know. Yeah. Like you said, especially being new to an area, which sounds like you get quite a bit of, um, let's talk about that. Like in, in trying to market to people that are just not moving from house to house in your town. Right. So like you said, you get some out of town. How do you, how do you reach those people or how do you market, um, whether it's people that are moving from out of town or people that are just living in town and not moving? Cause you mentioned that too. So let's talk about marketing outside of realtors. I think the biggest thing that I'm doing is, is Facebook. Um, and to be honest, I being, I don't know, what am I? I'm a millennial and I don't act like a millennial. <laughs> so I think 
using the social media for me is extremely hard because it's not something I am used to doing um, <laughs> at all. Um, I'm the guy that I'll sooner phone you than text you. And it throws a lot of people off, um, <laughs> especially the younger clients. Um, so I do that. Um, I like have, running, running ads or just like a, a Facebook I, page or what do you do? Just a Facebook page. So I, I try, I try updating it the best I can when I remember to do it. Um, and, and reaching out that way. But as far as out of town, I think that 90% of what I've got out of business is from realtors. Yeah. Yeah. Realtors. Cause you mentioned wanting to get people or wanting to, to float the idea to maybe past clients you've done a home inspection for people that have been in their home for say five, 10, 20 years. Like, tell me about your bullishness on kind of, Hey, you haven't had an inspection done in 10 years. How about bringing me in? So that's where, who's been actually helping me the, on that one the most is the, the local radio station in town. Um, and, uh, I'm the first home inspector they've ever had on the radio station. So they said, that's fantastic. And I've actually had quite a few phone calls already just from that and uh, marketing it that way. So basically like if you've had a car for 15 years, you, you probably have it looked at at least a couple of times, I'm sure. So why not the biggest investment in your life or, you know, most people's biggest investment in their life. You probably want to know what's going on inside your house. Um, have you ever been in your attic, looked around, just probably issues that you're not aware of. So um, the way I'm kind of approaching that is, um, you know, having a home inspection can, can show you some things before they become big issues, before they become a big price tag. And I haven't gone around to looking at it yet, but I'm, I am going to be asking some of the insurance companies like, hey, is there, you know, a kickback or something for my client. They have a home inspection done on their house that isn't planning on moving, like, you know, they can approach some potential issues before they become an issue or an insurance problem. That's a great call. I think, I, I don't think our industry has collectively made a big run at this over the years, over the last seven, eight years I've been around. And I, you're right. It's like we get our cars annually checked. And those are what one tenth, one twentieth of the cost of our homes, and so I, I just, I just don't believe the positioning has been good by our industry in terms of marketing this. You know, it's like you do no. your home inspection, and then it's like, see you later, never, you know, see you never, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I've added that on. I've added that onto my uh, my reports is a, a, a six to a twelve month reinspection at a prorated cost, just because you are buying a house from somebody that has a certain lifestyle, right? So with that, this person lives in a the home, their way, you know, they might hang their clothes to dry versus, or, you know, doesn't turn the bathroom fan on. You get a new person that lives in that house, has a completely different lifestyle that the house is used to, you know, and changes the atmosphere in that home. It could cause problems, you know, you're doing, you've added on a dishwasher to a sink that, you know, in a 1950s house, you know, what issues is that could potentially be doing, you know, a reno here and there. And then on top of that seasonal, you know, I'm there for four hours out of the whole year on a, say a hot summer day. Well, what's that look like in the wintertime? I have no idea. So that's why I've kind of 
been pushing the six to 12 month reinspection just to see how the house is doing after you've moved in because you have no idea what your lifestyle is going to do to change the the effect of that envelope. It's a good way to put it. Do you think the best time to present that to a buyer is right after you deliver the inspection or is it like six months later when they've experienced the house? Like I'm just brainstorming here of like when when's the right time to get them to book that or believe that they need that? Like, so I have it in the, like the very top of my, my report. And then I do talk to them about that at the end of the inspection. So at the end of my presentation with them in the report, you know, I say, hey, you know, this is why, uh, I believe a 12 month, six to 12 month reinspection is a good idea. Um, I tell them it's not going to be a full price inspection because I won't be there for that long. I hope yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I, I'm already familiar with the home. And then I have it set up in my uh, inspectora for the for a, a follow up email that goes out, you know, in six months. Hey, that you know, is this something that you would be interested in? Still, that's great. That's outstanding. I think, yeah, I want to see this catch on. I want to see more inspectors um, really leverage this and to me add value down the road for people because yeah, it is kind of this weird. You're left to your own devices. Sometimes people reach out to their realtors six or 12 yeah. months later, like, Hey, do you know, a know an HVAC guy? Um, yeah. I think home inspectors are positioned really well for this. Well, on the other side of that too, is like, say you are planning on doing a rental and stuff like that. And you have questions, you're not quite And then I always let my client know I am. I have been in this industry for 15 years. I'm, you know, I'm just a plumber, which, but I, you know, I do have pretty good insight on how renovations go, how, how a construction site runs and stuff like that. So if you have any questions on how to get that ball rolling, feel free to give me a call and I can walk you through a couple of steps just to get you going on a reno or say, you know, something wrong with the bathroom or, you know, what do you think about a furnace kind of thing? And it does not bother me at all for anybody to call me if they have a question. It's like, you know, that's what I'm there for. Yeah. Some of the best, fastest growing companies I've seen over the years take the I'm your consultant approach as opposed to I'm just a home inspector. It's it's kind yeah. of limiting in a sense to think of it that way. Well, and like I said, the way I kind of look at it, it's like, it's a very frustrating time. And the last thing you want is I got to say, um, well, I gave you the report, that's all up to you. And it, it, to me, it, it, to me, it would feel like how I was dealt with, with all the government paperwork, trying to get my company going. Well, sorry, you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Way. And it was super frustrating. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would want somebody to help me out with something like that. You know, if I had a question, I'd want them to feel comfortable to come to me and say, Hey, what do I do? Yeah. It's just good business. And I think that's how word of mouth spreads. There's just like, Oh yeah, Nick, super helpful. Like very selfless, dropped everything that I think is how people have sustainable businesses. Um, speaking, speaking of sustainable businesses, let's talk a little bit about the agent relationships. Cause, um, I'm always curious how you view not only creating these relationships, but then fostering them over time. So talk a little about some of the wins you've had, um, just getting to know realtors in your area. It's like the hardest thing for new inspectors. So I, I love hearing. Yes. Uh, I, I think basically just. I just kept showing up to the offices and saying hi and standing around going, what's going on today? <laughs> just kind of being that, that guy just kept hanging around. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have a, a couple of good realtors that, that use me and, um, 
you know, I'll, I'll just text them out of the blue on a Friday. Like, Hey, how's it going? I haven't heard, just heard from you in a while. Just seeing how you're doing or, you know, I'll pop in before a long weekend and wish everybody a long weekend and, and, and bring in some, you know, donuts or something and say, Hey, you know, have a good weekend. And I just, I, to be honest, it's, it just, I just keep showing up. <laughs> and It's a good life and, lesson. And, it's a great life yeah. lesson. And it's, it's, it's working, but you know, it's like everybody keeps saying, um, you know, it takes a while to get, get into the market, but you know, I'd say mostly everybody I've talked to just says, keep doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency, yeah. right? Cause that builds trust. Um, yeah. did you, so did you quit the full-time job? When did you quit? Um, no, I'm well, I guess I'm kind of part-time plumbing. So when the phone isn't ringing, um, I'm still strapping on the tool belt and, and, you know, throwing pipe in the wall kind of thing. And then yep. my boss has been amazing, um, about my, his flexibility and my flexibility of being able to do the home inspecting and, and then taking days off when I need to. I know there's days where plumbing were swamped and I say, sorry, I can't make it. You know, it's, it's frustrating, but he understands it. He's, he's super, super stoked for me and he's, you know, wants me to do well. But at, you know, at the other side of that, it's just like, oh, God, you're not here again. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. here's a, here's a hundred thousand dollar question. When will you know it's time to go full, full steam ahead into home inspections? Like what, what have you set for kind of that crossover point? If at all, maybe I'd say, have- I'd say minimum two to three jobs a week. Okay. Um, and that, you know, if, if that's 12 jobs, what is that? 12 jobs a month, yep. you know, it doesn't have to be on that one week, but you know, if I'm doing, if I'm doing 12 to 20 jobs a month, yeah, I, I won't be plumbing anymore. And I'm, yeah. my wife would be soaked on that too. Cause she's like, well, you can be more of a stay at home dad. <laughs> I don't think you know how a business works, but I, uh, that's the hard part with still plumbing. Most of the time when I'm not busy is that I fall behind on a lot of the, a lot of the office stuff and, and, you know, social media and just getting back in my car and walking into the realtor's offices and, and saying hi. So do you schedule kind of your check-ins with agents or is it more of just, Hey, when it's top of mind, hit them up with a text or try and drop by the office. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty random that way. It keeps them on their feet and they don't expect me to show up. <laughs> That's good. Smart, smart. But you know, one of the biggest questions I ask is like, is there any other guys that are doing what I'm doing when I come in to do this? And they said, no, no, nobody, nobody. I'm the only one that kind of just pops in all the time or does those realtor meetings. And, you know, I floated the idea around a couple of the offices. So you want me to come in once every couple of months and, and just talk about some of the new stuff that's coming out in homes and things to watch for and, and stuff like that. So you guys are a little more educated on stuff and yeah, they, they love it. I specifically love that approach of let me come with some value add every couple of months. I'll educate you. That's yeah, because I can only talk about myself so much. So it's yeah, you know, yeah. you know, like because I'm still in the the trades and new new rules and stuff that are coming out. So you know, when I get something new down the the pipeline, you know, hey, would you guys like to know about this kind of thing? And I'm sure they would. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're like a cheat code for them. You come in, give them new info. Um, I like that a lot, and then you keep showing up. That's just the point. It, it sounds basic. I think some people want a, a silver bullet, but it's like. Well, boots on the ground week after week, month after month, kind of wins. Well, it's you, you. You don't remember a guy's face 
the first couple of times you you, you got to go what is it how many six ten times yeah something like seven po- i think that was in a podcast a couple of months a month ago i was like yeah you got to keep you got to keep putting your face in front of them before they start remembering you yeah yeah well cool man i see the i see the star trek behind you you mentioned it it's on your site yeah. that you're a trekkie <laughs> is that a yeah where how long was that growing up you watched it like oh, where, where does that interest come from God. I think the very first time I watched Star Trek, I think I was like three or four. And it's like, I looked at my dad, I was like, I'm bored. He's like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, I'd love to watch a movie. All right, I got an awesome movie for you. And it was Star Trek (laughs) two. And (laughs) and I fell in love with it. So yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. going Going for a while on the Star Trek, but. You should see my little collection. I got all the little ships down here. <laughs> I was just going to ask you. Yeah, I think my brother growing up had um, some of the either figures or, or ships like that as well. And so, like, I know the collectibles is a big deal yeah. when it comes to the Trekkies, right? Yeah, huge. Yeah, I uh, I got all my little ships out here and my two boys. And it's like, you do not touch those. <laughs> those are sacred. Yeah, you you will learn how, yeah. how nice these are someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love it. And that's kind of kind of where the my the company name kind of stuck with me is my wife came up with the company name next adventure and i'm like you know what i i kind of like that because it's kind of like it's kind of trekky to me but you know uh going from plumbing to wholesale to this is definitely another it's it's my next adventure as well yeah so um i loved it yeah so when my wife came up with that and you know i've had quite a few people say that they they love that name i'm like well it's for my client too it's an adventure for them you know it's their next home or first home. And that's a huge adventure. I love the tie-in. And we talked about this on a webinar that we did a a few weeks ago, talking about like, as a solo inspector, like who you are is a part of the business. You can't like try to keep your interests in life 100% separate from the business. And so that's why I love tying in personal interests, because you know what, like if there's an agent in your area that happens to be a Trekkie and that comes up, guarantee they're going to use you maybe just based on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because of interest. Well, and, and stuff. Which is funny you say that because I had a a good, I think we sat in his office probably two hours a couple of weeks ago. And then I noticed he had a Star Trek poster on as well. And I was like, oh, so you, you like Star Trek? And then we just, that went off the rails for about an hour. So I was like, you should <laughs> see my car. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I put my lucky number on my car. He's like, all right, let's go look at it. And I put the, the registry number from the Enterprise on there, NCC 1701 on the back. So I was like, it's it's my lucky number. So either I'll come out of everything. Okay. Or the car will just explode. <laughs> so you guys were tight, right? I'm saying your boys for yeah. life after that conversation. Yeah. Right? yeah. He loved that. Yeah. See, and that's, it's, and it's owning who you are. It's owning your interests and not being, you know, afraid to like talk about it and promote it, whether it's on social or in real life. And so kudos for that. Cause yeah, I saw that, like you put it on your site and I'm like, good for him for just talking about who you are. Cause people have to get to know you guys as inspectors. Yeah. And like everybody else says on the podcast, you you only have so much time before to make that, that connection with a client and don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing some more often than not. It's like that five minute phone call. They're like, that's hard for me as a cut, you know, hopefully I came across okay on the phone calls. (laughs) It's hard to judge body language and stuff like that when you, you know, it's just a voice. So. Right. Yeah. No, I could see you having opportunities to do some fun social tie-in content um, with Star Trek somehow. Like you got to figure out some way to leverage that because that'll be fun for you for one and two, it'll catch people's eyes. 
Yeah, for sure. And then Halloween, that's a big one for me. That's a, that's a kind of like a holiday for me in my house. <laughs> yeah. Like a, I always, I always have that day off. So I, and I always try to tie that, that month in with, with goofy stuff and, and it's with in the trades, it's been kind of hard to do a costume stuff like that, but I'm looking forward to this year. Oh yeah. Is that show up to it? Show up to agent show up offices. To <laughs> yeah, show up to an agent's office wearing my Star Trek uniform. <laughs> oh, they would love it and just do pictures and all. I mean, to me, that's that's the kind of stuff that people sometimes underestimate. Um, shows you how human you can be and how much you know you can have fun. And so, people want to be around that kind of energy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, anybody that wants to to talk about it or go off about not, yeah, I enjoy having those conversations with people more than than anything. So. If it can get you away from from a stressful conversation about a house and kind of segue into something a little more light lighthearted, it's great. Yeah, it's an amazing balance. Um, Nick, this has been awesome, dude. I got to run. Um, where can people find you, inspectors, whether they're in BC or even Canada or anywhere, really? What's the best way to connect with you if they just want to network, um, talk shop? Uh, my webpage, uh, Inspections.ca. Or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my uh, Facebook is Nick Gletz. I also have my company tied in with that. So I have the, the Facebook link to that for my company. Um, if anybody wants to email me for sure, uh, uh, Nick and I see underscore Gletz, G-A-W-L-E-T-Z at hotmail.com. That's my personal. So if you've got any personal questions or you want to reach out to me about some stuff, go for it. Right on, man. I'll link to it on all the descriptions. Um, and yeah, man, congrats. Um, congrats on kind of the initial success and definitely keep me in the loop of how things go, you know, between now and the year end. I'll be I'll be rooting for you and we'll we'll check up on each other. Yeah, for sure. And if things are like really kicking off the ground, I'm I'm looking forward to coming down and 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 doing one of those uh conventions. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yes, definitely. That those are always a good time, man, especially once you know, you, you connect with certain people throughout the year. And then we get this like couple days, hopefully in a nice place to where we can all just kind of relax and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And get some ideas. Cause I don't know how many good ideas I've gotten off your podcast. It's fantastic. Oh, awesome, man. Hey, well now you're a part of it. Now there's someone listening to you. <laughs> now there's someone listening awesome. to you getting good ideas. Yeah, for sure. All right, brother. Well, Hey, appreciate all the right. time. Not we'll a problem. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye.